Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. By the end of the week, he's out of here. You wake me up for that? Come on! Dewey Finn would have sold his soul for rock and roll, but nobody was buying. You're an embarrassment. You're out. Maybe it's time to give up those dreams. Don't you miss rocking out? You're not a teacher, Ned. You're the cross-dressing incubus from Maggot Death. Dewey, I'm not a satanic sex god anymore. I'm a sub, and soon I'll be a certified teacher. Mr. Schneebly? I'm the principal here at Horace Green Prep, and we need somebody to start immediately. Mm Hmm? So how much are we talking here? $6.50 a week. Hello, this is Ned Schneebly. Everyone, I'd like to introduce Miss Dunham's substitute. This is Mr. Schneebly. All right, look, I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Doesn't that mean you're drunk? No. It means I was drunk yesterday. Now, at the most prestigious prep school in the country. Yes, Tinkerbell. That poster charts everyone's performance. Where the students are rewarded for following the rules. What kind of a sick school is this? He's going to teach them a lesson. There will be no gold stars or demerits. That will rock their world. It's called Rock Band. Is this a school project? It will go on your permanent record. Hello, Harvard, yo. You, what's your name? Zach. You ever play electric guitar? My dad won't let me. Zach, do not walk away from me when I'm talking to you. What makes you mad more than anything in the world? No allowance. Chores. Bullies. All you bullies get out of my way, cause I am really ticked off. Mr. Schneebly, just wanted to say, that was a really cool lesson today. Oh, thanks, dude. All they wanted was an education. They're gonna laugh at me. You have an incredible singing voice. People are gonna dig you, I swear. Okay. What they got... Clear. ...was a revolution. I've just been informed that all of your children are missing. And if you were to be a teacher... Jack Black. <laughs> the School of Rock. It will test your head and your mind in your brain. And now... Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Button up my sleeve. Presto! <laughs> no doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Hey, the Red Rocker Sammy Hagar here, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Ah! Uh, woo! Good God! Woo! Welcome, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google TanTalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars.com, and you can tune into all 528 shows. They're all uploaded, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, sports fans, race car fans. I actually did it now. Hey, we got a full house tonight. I got my good buddy Alan sitting in here with me. Hello. And 
We have the Only in America Minute and Only in America show host. We shanghaied him. We yeah. shanghaied him, yeah. We actually did. I mean, literally, he was ready to walk out the door, <laughs> and we said, we'll, we will uh, steal his pillow away from him. If he we'll hover him in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll f- him into here. Yeah. Well, now, here's, what, here's what's interesting. Okay, so uh, this is October, Rocktober, and uh, it's the beginning of what we were going to do with uh, some musical guests and stuff like that, but... Hey, guess what? Change of plans. We have automotive guests. Now, what I did not know is I did not know. I mean, you're actually going to hear, listen to some stories about what we used to do here in Clearwater as car guys back in the days when I had a junkyard and Andy had a, or Alan had a repair shop and Bill actually had, uh, was in the automobile business. And, uh, but he was telling us an earlier story, a story a little earlier that, because he grew up in upstate New York. Bill, tell us the story about uh, the Ford dealerships and what was on the showroom floor there. Oh, when I was, yeah, Millbrook, New York is um, right outside of Poughkeepsie where, you know, very wealthy people lived there. A lot of, and Getty uh, was a, had a, had a, um, Carter Getty, who's part of the Getty family. Getty Oil, um, it is, yeah, correct? There was a, there was a car dealership named um, Madal Ford, been there for years. It was on a corner downtown, Millbrook, small town, kind of like a Disney Main Street, you know, mm-hmm. Main Street town, and, uh, you know, but he, um, he had a showroom full of Shelby's, Cobras, the Cobras. AC know. Cobras, the little yeah, funny yeah, little foreign cars. With the little roll bar, and oh, I, wow. went to, I went to high school there, and he had a blue one, a red one, and, uh, and, and you know, and, and Penske, you know, would race over in Lime Rock, Connecticut. It wasn't very far, and but it was called Getty Ford. And um, I don't know if he was a collector, uh, Carter, but he was friends with Carroll Shelby, and he would fly in sometimes from wherever he lived, California, mm-hmm. yeah, and he'd see him. But when I went to high school, my friend had a had a Mustang, '66 uh, Mustang. 289 in a Louis, and then after school he would go down there and go to parts department and get parts at, at the Ford dealer. And we and sometimes we'd walk into the showroom and, and you'd see different these Shelby's there and and the and the Cobra Mustangs around the back, you know, and they'd have them in where they didn't they would bring them out in November or whenever the new cars came out, you know, the uh-huh. '60s September six yeah the '70s and uh, six I you know I graduated I, this was in mid '60s like '65 '66. But um, it was interesting because, you know, you didn't think much about it. You looked at these cars, and today they're like, you know, who knows, $100,000 cars plus, um, right? Well, the Cobras are over a million now. Yeah, million small block's a million dollars, and a yeah. big yeah. block is more. I don't know what they cost back then. But six, five, were, six thousand bucks. Yeah, six thousand. Yeah, said the Mustang was, what, 4,800 bucks for a Shelby or five grand, something like that? They're under, they were under five grand. I don't know. I wasn't buying cars then. Yeah, me neither. But I it was only I was like a, at them it was the showroom yeah. only had room for like three cars, you know, three or four cars. And that he could get four of these Shelby's in the in the showroom or five because they were small. The small I'm talking about the small. Yeah, car. the AC Cobras, yeah. the actual. Yeah, yeah. The, the, and it it was a you know, but they had a very wealthy clientele that lived there. We were 80 miles north of New York City, and a lot of the New Yorkers had farms up there. You know, summer homes or uh, estates, and they would commute down to the city. But um, they would buy these cars from him. And um, but he was very close to Carroll Shelby Carter Getty. I can remember, and you know it's quite a history's like that. You know, with all these things we could have had. My father had a small airport that he built, and Penske brought his Learjet into it one time. His Learjet, he, and it was it was only like a thirty eight hundred foot runway. It was, yeah. wasn't a long, real long, but he was supposed to go to the county airport, which has a lot longer runway. And he came to our airport because he thought it was closer to Lime Rock, you know, Connecticut. And it was in 1966 that he had a he had a uh, he Legit. was just getting started in racing, and, and he he flew in with another guy from California, and parked it there. And I can remember that the next day when he took off out of the airport, he 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 all the farmers called because the chickens wouldn't lay the eggs. <laughs> and they were mad at my father because he said, "You, I didn't think we didn't think you were going to have jets there." And, he, and his desire was not to have you know have jets you know we sold Cessna airplanes and we was a Cessna dealer but uh, Petsky he never came in again but it was kind of funny to watch him take off you know and uh, it's history you know history but back then a Learjet was I don't know uh, how much was Learjet back then um, they listed like about 450 or something yeah, like that they but that the Learjet long. had the GE um, turbo jet engines, so they were real noisy. Yeah, this was yeah. the Lear 21 series. No, it was 23 is the first one, then they came 20, out with 24. 
the 24 D 23 but it was a 23 I thought it was a 21 but no. but they we had Cessna dealership we sell 150 yeah. 172s right. and we had a flight school and my father took a farm and converted it into a and it's still there today it's you know it's it's it was built by him because he was a contractor but the the thing about the Cessnas the 150 or the 172 you could buy a brand new Cessna 150 for about seven thousand dollars good luck new. nowadays and at 172 yeah. was like 12 or 13 and now they're three, four hundred thousand. Right. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. The Learjet actually, when they come out, they could outfly a T uh, F one hundred fighter the ten thousand feet. And Clay Lacey was one of Bill, William Miller's good buddies, and he had a twenty three converted to a twenty four, so it was mm-hmm. a hot rod. He did stunts with it and everything, and he flew F eighty six in Korea, and he said the Learjet could outfly the F eighty six to forty thousand feet. Wow! Yeah, Jeez. I went. I a rode. Hot in, I rode in one once. A Lear. Oh yeah. Did you really? Over here at St. Pete Clearwater when right. I was in college in '71. Yeah. I worked at the airport. You know, on the I pumped gas. You know, in the in the in the planes and the small jets and stuff. And Alex Matway, he owned a paint shop there, and he and he had just come out. They had just come out with that Enron paint. Yeah. Enron. And it was a, in um, like 1971, and he painted this Learjet. It was blue and white, and his son worked with me on the line. Uh, uh, David Matway, he was younger than me, a couple of years, and, his, and he said to me one day, my father wants to take the plane up and see if it flies faster because of this paint. Because uh-huh. the paint they put in, that's why Emeron, that's what it was. Emeron, it was Emeron, and he just painted it, and I can remember he was he, he had the mask on, speaking of mask, he had the paint mask on, the father, Alex, uh-huh. and, he, and he came out, a very meticulous painter. And I can remember the plane, triple one LJ, that was the number on the plane. Yeah. And I didn't even know if he knew how to fly the plane, his father, you know. Really? He says, get in. So I got in the back with, David got up front with his father, and I, and he took off, and he went straight up. We went up and down the beach, and came back and landed, you know. And it was No kidding? Yeah, yeah. And, and about two weeks later, Karen Carpenter flew in. Yeah. And she was playing down at Bayfront, she was singing. And she flew in in the Learjet. In a Learjet. Okay. And I said to her, I got to say to her, I was just up in one of those planes. <laughs> she looked at I was okay. a line boy, you know. Yeah. She looks at me, go, oh, big deal, you know. She thought I was kidding, but I was serious. So. Well, the Lear 23 also, yeah. it was like, before you loaded it up, it was like 6,100 pounds. Yeah. It had 5,800 pounds of thrust. So you wow. load it lightly, yeah. throw a couple of people on it, and go play with the F-16s oh, from the it, dill. It was an amazing plane. It was an yeah. amazing, yeah, And you know. the, the yeah. 23 had exposed rivets. And the 24, they made the rivets flush, yeah. which yeah. made a difference, too. But Lear was quite a guy, too. He oh, was, yeah, he, he was... I mean, Bill Lear yeah. was a... I mean, this guy invented the motor, the, ro- the radio, didn't he? Right. Yeah, yeah. the Motorola, yeah. He had the, the Lear... Yeah. Lear, uh, well, Lear was... A, he was a genius, you know, the guy. The A-track, too, right? Oh, he was involved with that, yeah. But yeah. you got to... In the early Learjet... You know, you got you don't have any room anyway, but they made sure they put an eight track player in it. <laughs> yeah, they were, I've seen they the pictures were small. Of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I can remember going on it, and it, it was so it climbed like. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing was they're hot rods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of noisy, but it was kind of noisy. People say it's a small. Didn't you say somebody said it was a real small fuselage? Yeah, you can't you can't walk thing. upright. Yeah. yeah, you can't yeah. walk upright. You got so you couldn't stand upright at it. No, no, no. It was but, a it was you know like a fighter plane. Okay. Yeah, the, Bill Lear basically of... said you can't stop it, stand up in a Buick. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was actually That's patterned a, after a fighter after plane a fighter. from Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. out of Switzerland. And yeah. it, was, uh, it was an amazing time because when I worked 71, 72, I, I got to meet all the politicians because they were running at 72 um, uh, presidential nomination. Humphrey came in, Scoop, Jackson, all these different politicians, yeah. Democrats. Up here at the airport? Yeah, at St. Pete Clearwater. They'd come in and then they'd leave. The, go, George Wallace, I met him. And mm-hmm. uh, we'd put the food in their planes, you know, when they'd leave because they'd be in these small planes. And then they'd go down to the wherever they'd have their, their convention or debates. And, um, you know, you got to learn politics, you know, that... that uh, Scoop Jackson was meant from Minnesota. You know, he was one of the most powerful senators in the country at the time. He was running for president. Mm-hmm. And he came down, and I met him. You know, I was getting their autographs. I, I collected autographs. And uh, 
and I asked him for his autograph, and he wouldn't give me his autograph because he lost like a quarter in the candy machine. And he said, "I'm not. Get, you got the key to that candy machine? It was on a Sunday. I didn't have the key. But he wanted me to give him a quarter. I didn't have a quarter. So he wouldn't give me his rotten autograph, and then he left. But George Wallace, he was like a different, he was a beautiful guy. You know, George Wallace gave us a $10 tip. Wow. You know, so you got to meet politicians up front and, and really see how they now are. Now, this is the Clearwater St. Pete yeah, Airport. The big, the, yeah, the St. Aircraft, right okay. there, Clearwater yeah. St. Pete. Yeah. When I first moved here in the early 70s, I think you're right about the election and everything like that, because Richard Nixon flew in, and he was yeah. president time I didn't and they blocked him. off us 19 because we yeah. actually parked on the side of us 19 and watched the motorcade go down yeah. to yeah. the bayfront side i think that's where he was giving his speech yeah i didn't meet nixon this was the democratic side oh and then, and then wallace i don't know how he if he was running maybe i never i never met nixon i did meet ronald reagan there he years was later i got his autograph well uh, he actually came to clearwater mall believe it or not he was actually gave a speech there at clearwater mall nixon and, yeah 1976 because yeah. I, I was there at that one oh that was reagan that was reagan yeah. Yeah, you're right, 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 right. Damn. I'm losing track of time here. I met Reagan at the airport in 80, 82, I think, or 80. And, and my father was with me, and he took a picture of me shaking his hand, shaking Reagan's oh, wow. hand. Because <laughs> we knew the manager of the airport out there. I wasn't working there then, but we knew that my father knew the manager, and he got us out on the ramp. And we and Reagan came. He had United Air. He had United Airlines flying him around the country, and he was governor at the time, running for president. And he uh-huh. he ran. Um, he came. He came over to me, and I asked him, "Could I have your autograph?" And he went in his pocket and he reached out. He had a business card. It said Governor Ronald Reagan with his signature. Wow. And handed it to me, and then my father snapped the picture. And then the Secret Service saw us. Yeah. We didn't have any tags on. <laughs> they said, "How'd you get out?" And they grabbed us and took us behind the fence. You had ramp access. There, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's a different age today. I like politics, you know. But trouble today is it's so. I don't know, people. Well, while you're sitting here, why don't you go ahead and you talk about politics real quick before we change the subject. Go ahead and plug your radio show real quick. Oh, well, I, I'm on uh, right before you. I was on. Um, Bobby, his son, helps. helps. Your son helps me with my show and, and Tommy. And um, I just do a radio show Tuesdays and Friday, 6 o'clock, um, for an hour. And... Um, I just like Donald Trump. I, I support Donald Trump. That's we all, all do. And, and the way I got Mike Lindell's sponsorship, you know, with the pillow, I I, I tweeted my minute. Remember, I did the minutes. Yeah, so yeah. I'm doing the minutes again, but I tweeted it on Twitter one time. Yeah. And Lindell was new to Twitter at the time. Mike Lindell. This was uh-huh. like three years ago, and he liked it. So then I, I I emailed him and I said I'd like. And you know who I had on the same? I emailed. I I tweeted Jay Leno. And Mike Lindell on the same thing. So he probably figured, hey, this guy's tweeting. And he didn't have that many followers at the time. Uh-huh. So then I called them and I said, I went up to the factory, Minnesota. Uh, and I um, I went in there, walked. They gave me a tour of the factory. And I saw his office and saw the beautiful, huge place. I mean, you should see the factory outside of Minneapolis. So um, I, I said to the late, the girl, same girl that talks to Hannity and talks to all these talk, you know, because he's on Fox, all Tucker. She says, what promo code name do you want? And I said, well, I don't know. What should I put? She says, what's your name? I said, Bill. So she gave promo Bill. Oh, so, super. So I got Bill. But it's a national, um, you know, national. I mean, it's a great deal that they give people. Go ahead and plug the pillow real quick. You don't have one here. Well, okay. I don't have one. <laughs> promo code Bill. Just mypillow.com. Yeah, mypillow. Bobby's coming in with a pillow right now. Bobby's coming to the any, same thing. Bobby sleeps on one, I think. Yeah, and I have one now, too. And I got to tell you, I like one. Yeah. <laughs> Alan, you need a pillow. Alan, you help me get my air work, and I'll give you a pillow. Here. Okay. Make sure you throw in the dryer. <laughs> throw in the dryer. Okay. Eighty thousand a day. Oh yeah. At that factory. Everyone, there's no surplus, right? No, and you know, yeah. I went through the factory, and the guy that showed me the factory, he's got fifteen hundred people work, working there, and the guy that was the tour guide had a big long beard and he looked like so unassuming you know and he shows me all around and he takes me through the thing and he says uh, and i said to him well how do you get how do you get well how long have you been working here ah, a couple of years i said well how'd you ever start working here he said well i came to work for mike you know and i moved here from oklahoma and he said and mike wanted to you know pr- make the more pillows so he said well uh, can you help me the guy designed the whole shop the whole place oh no kidding huge wow. this guy larry was his name and he, and he he's the designer of that 
factory and they use one of these old machines from the uh, a grinder that grinds up these little things and it's still they still use it, it, it and he's got it in the showroom the the first one uh-huh. to, to grind these things you know and the thing about the pillow is when you go to go like this with it you know you clean it you wash it but put it in the dryer and it fluffs up you know it'll fluff up and, and they interlocked you know okay. it's amazing hmm. amazing i don't know i got i got pillows but i i like the my pillow a lot of people you know love them i mean so well i'll tell you it's a good pillow i can yeah. tell you that bobby will tell you it's a good pillow Teresa will tell you so. well he's yeah, got one yeah i go to the tommy's gym. Tommy's you like your pillow tommy tommy's no mother. i don't like it at all <laughs> tommy's, mother, tommy's mother's got one. Oh, tommy's mother's got, got one. got the body pillow man oh you don't like you don't like he the snuggles body. up with that body pillow <laughs> <laughs> so but this, yeah, he's interesting. I, I know he knows a lot of people I know from Dunedin. Well, now let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. You guys were talking. I heard the name Westfall a few minutes ago. So yeah, Dick Westfall. Why don't you yeah. guys talk a little bit about? Because Westfall's actually had a salvage yard back in the '70s. Do you remember him, Tommy? Betty Lane and Overbrook. Yeah, Betty Lane and Overbrook. There was a salvage yard out there. It was actually two. There was Westfall's on one side. And Doc and Bill. Doc, Doc and Bill was Bill. on the other side. Yeah, but yeah. it was really kind of an unofficial junkyard because yeah. he was more of a racer guy. But he had more of a junkyard junkyard thingy. But 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 Westfall's was a bonafide yard, and he right. was actually one of my competitors. Because it was just us, West Coast Auto Salvage, and Westfall back in the day, and Bose, Don Bose. Well, Bose, the problem with Bose was is Bose was here, Bose was there, Bose was everywhere. He just moved around. Well, he, he was at Arcturus and Sherwood Street, and he took over the city property. He must have three hundred cars. I know. He just okay. sort of, he just sort of homesteaded it. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he, he was a junkyard squatter. Do you, do you remember? Yeah. Um, do you remember? Uh, what was the guy up in Tarpon that had the uh, Hobbs? Hobbs, man. Hobbs. No, not Hobbs. The other guy. Mears. No, before the guy with the records what was his name right by the Days. hospital behind Days. the Edifice hospital. Rex. Days. Oh, Edifice Rex. Now behind no. the hospital. Oh, oh yeah. Uh. You know who I? I can't think of. He had a bunch of tow trucks too. Ah. Um, but he was a he had a junkyard back there. I can remember there were so many junkyards. Every place you'd go, yeah. you'd see a junkyard. You know? almost yeah. have to use car dealerships right? <laughs> yeah. Hob- at Hobbs Junkyard underneath the underneath the carport. He had a '69 GT500 with. Tri-Power on it. Where? It was orange. Up at Hobbs. This a Shelby? Is, yeah. No, it's a GT500. That's a Shelby. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and then he had a 71 Judge Convertible. No way. Yeah, it sat at the corner. Alderman and um, 19, uh, alternate 19 for a while. Then it ended up there. Then he had like a 58 Corvette sitting there. Then he died like 10 years ago or yeah. so, maybe a little bit more so. Who knows Hobbs, what about Hobbs the car? was quite a character. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I rented his yard, you know, when I, I got in the hauling business. Yeah. And I had dump trailers, and I, I I was very busy, so I needed a place to dump. And I asked Hobbs, I said, can I rent the back part of your, your um, yard. shop? Your yard. So he said, yeah, you could, uh, you know, he had the hat, he had yeah. the cowboy hat. And he was very unassuming, you know. You can rent that from me for a 1000 a month. So I figured, that's not bad. So I would I had a big job at, at Innisbrook that when they were redoing all the all the um, um, convention centers yeah. when that Johnson bought it, and I was working for uh, Nelson Construction, mm-hmm. and I had I was got seven or eight trailers in there at a time. So we were hauling. My daughter was running one truck, and it was only like ten minutes to Hobbs. I said, "We'll uh-huh. dump it at Hobbs, and then we'll crush it and take it up to the landfill up in Hudson, you know, up to Gulf Coast." So I did, and then Hobbs started thinking, "Boy, this guy looks like he's making money," you know. <laughs> it was month to month. So yeah. one day, and then he comes to me and says, "Yeah, you know, Bill, I think I want two thousand a month." You know? Oh man! So he raised it to two, and I still paid him two thousand for another month or two. But then I eventually pulled out of there. But we didn't have a permit. We were outside. And so I had basically, a, what I are you had, doing? You're just I taking big, concrete? I had a big Kamatsu. Yeah. That was all construction debris. Like, oh, okay. Like, they were remodeling all these convention centers. And in Innisbrook, yeah. there was like four of them. The Copperhead and the, you know, all those. Right. And they built a spa. And, and we, we got to haul all the trash out of there. You know, my dump trails. But it was so close to... And I figured I'd save money, but in the long run, I, I didn't. It didn't make any difference. It was just you save a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the way business is, and I think that's what um, it's wrong with the country today. There's so much waste. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much waste. Well, well another junkyard too, <laughs> Auto Parts Corral. Yeah. Oh, Auto Parts yeah, Corral. that was yeah, Bill and Bill Jr. Yeah. And he, we, well, one day, me and a friend of mine, uh, we're not making very good judgment. It's a Sunday. Hey, let's go tour the junkyard. So we're walking around the junkyard. Here's here a truck pull up right and the guy comes with a, sh- with a gun <laughs> and so my friend knew the guy bill jr he said what do you got we're looking at sh- we have no tools we're just 
touring, doing sightseeing. It was cool junkyard. He had like a 57 Eldorado with the Sabre wheels on it yeah. sinking into the dirt. You know, just wow. all these neat cars. Because he started out as a repair shop initially. You look yeah. at the old Dunedin Times. Yeah. 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 Talk a little bit more about, yeah. uh, let's go back to West Falls here and the big fire. Okay. Well, the fire was downtown Dunedin where Pioneer Park is. Yeah. Pioneer yeah. Park is on the corner of um, Highland and Main Street. And, and they put a park there. And Dick Hovey and his, his brother Leon, Hovey Brothers, they were a Packard dealer and they were a Mack dealership. And they had them down here by Dimmit. Remember, Dimmit used to be down here. On, oh, downtown, downtown yeah. on the yeah. uh, and by Chick Smith Ford. Or actually, Kennedy Strickland. Chick, yeah, Kennedy Strickland. Yeah, that's Hovey had the yeah. Packard dealership, and right. then, oh, then he wow, moved up cool to Dunedin, and he built a shop. And he lived on Scotland. Him and his brother, they lived. They lived on Scotland, you know. And they, they were very. Um, Dick was probably one of the best mechanics around anywhere. And he was when we met him, he was in his seventies, you know. And he really took a liking to my brother. My my brother's three years older than me, and and he would he would take Cliff off on these these uh, car trips. He had a coal car. You never heard of yeah. a coal car. Yeah. And they drove to Jacksonville, like with um, with Bob um, um, Bob Weisskopf was up in. I don't know if you remember Bob. The, the name's familiar. Weisskopf yeah. had a bunch of cars up in Tarpon, and mm -hmm. he, there was this show. They used to show them down by the park. Remember down by the mm -hmm. in Dunedin. Yeah. I mean in um, the park downtown there in uh, Sick, in, in Tarpon Springs. Yeah, Tarpon, right on the on the where they on the bayou. across, right yeah, on the, the bayou. bayou. Yeah. And that's where um, um, he. he would, but getting back to Hovey, his place burned. Um, when, when we got our gas station, his place had just burned um, a couple years before that in 75. His place burned, I think, in 70. And they say that the, I, the place... I thought it was later than that. I moved here in 72, and I, the building was still there. Or maybe it was 72. And, and some old guy was... You're talking about West Falls now? No, no, no. Hubby. Hubby. Talking about yeah. Hubby Brothers. West, yeah, because some old guy West was... West Falls was on Betty Lane. This was downtown. Dunedin, Dunedin. But, yeah. but he had these cars in there. I mean, he had a Mack pickup. He had a Kissel. He, he had a Kissel. Yeah. He had, and, and he also had cars in his house. He had a six-car garage he in his also house. had a Corvair, believe it or not. What a mix, <laughs> yeah, right? And, and yeah. they all burned up because the fire guy, the fire fire chief and him he didn't the fire chief didn't like Huffy for some reason you know they, mm. they kind of so Huffy went over and wanted to open the door and the fire chief said you can't open the door you got and he had to watch his cars burn and when he tell you the story you could tell it really broke his heart you know just to, to, for those cars to burn but um, you know he, he ended up you know living living a pretty good life and but he was a mechanic and they had quite a quite a business going there well the funny thing too he would take he would go to ormond beach and um with they'd do a caravan with like uh, the dexters and some other people that was what bob weisskopf was in charge yeah of. yeah yeah my brother went on that and once. they would go yeah. to sebring too yeah. and they'd run the old cars on the track these right. are cars from the 30s yeah, you know, yeah, on the yeah, track yeah. you know yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. You don't see that today. I'd probably still do it, but not like back then. Hmm. You know, and, and then Bud Josie. I don't know if not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Horseless but, carriage. Yeah, his daughter was done eating high when yeah. I was there. Yeah. But his son, uh, Johnny, John Josie, was, you know, the. We, I met him, the, Bud Do Josie, when he first, because he liked, he knew Hovey and he was trying to get some of Hovey's cars. And he mm -hmm. was making cars for the Saudis. He was stretching Lincolns, I think they were. And turning them into limousines, limousines yeah. for Saudi Arabia. And I can remember in that back shop he had up on up on Main, up on five eighty. Yeah. yeah, across the street from where Chief for, Charlie's. Yeah, yeah, where FedEx is now. But in yeah. the back, he he was he had like seven or eight cars. He was redoing, you know, modifying them. And he, and he said they're going all going to Saudi Arabia for the for the prince over there, the sheiks, you know. He had he used to have those auctions up there. Remember that? Yeah, right. The yeah, right across the street. Right across the street in the field. Yeah. yeah. He was quite a quite an. I innovator. was there one time. He had a thirty-three Aston Martin. I remember that, and they had some Hitler car, of course. The Hitler car. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember, remember when his place burned? Yes. It burned yeah. down too, and yeah. it, and they saw a guy with red hair running out the back with a gas can. They thought his son had red hair. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, but, you know, I've never proved it. His son was out of town, but that's I can't But Josie built a race car, believe it or not, that was yeah. really successful down at Sunshine. Yeah. I, they call it the Doodle Bug. Tuner, Tunerville Trolley, they call it. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if you ever heard of that one or not. Uh-huh. Yeah, they built it, and they had some hot shoe driving it, and it, it was winning like crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. A whole ton, the, as they say. The yeah. first time I met Bud Josie, I wa- somebody said, go in there and check the place out, because he had a little car. So I go roll in there, I got my 57 Bird, and yeah. you know, long hair, T-shirt, shorts, and all that kind of kind of a grubby kid. So but, you're a grubby guy. Yeah, I'm a grubby guy. Hadn't changed much. But anyway, so I walked in there, and the deal was, is back in those days, back in those days, you know, you just, uh, we built models. So because we built models, we collected die-cast cars, and you read magazines like I read Road I'm Drive. sure you still I got actually, your models, too, I actually right? yeah. <laughs> looked at the pictures, Alan, for you, okay? You, okay. Know, you read, I looked at pictures. Anyway, okay. so uh, so when I wandered in there... He, I'm sorry, i got to call you back. He... Uh, he, he he had these uh, vintage cars in his front showroom there. Yeah. And so I walked in there and I was just asking if they had some old stuff because in the back, like you talked about, he had these rows and rows. He had rental garages in the back so people right. would store cars. That's what caught on fire. Right. right. That's what yeah. burned. Right. And, uh, and there was a lot of really, really cool Neat old cars. stuff. Yeah. Well, the gates would be open every once in a while. So I would drive through there. And that's what I was doing that day. I was cruising through there. I didn't really have an interest in the restoration facility. I just wanted to see the cool cars were back because I was right. looking for Shelbys and Cobras and stuff like that back in the day and Porsches and Heelys and stuff. Anyway, so the guy says, well, you might want to go talk to the guys up front. You're not supposed to be back here because this is, you know, for people that are tenants. And I go, all right, what a scum-sucking pencil-neck geek. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, we have an open show tonight, guys. So just in case, if you want to call and put your two cents in, uh, the phone lines are, well, we might let them open. I don't know. 727-441-3000. How about that? Got your two cents in. Robert's got change. I got to hit the road, but anyway. No, wait a minute. All right, so let's talk about West Falls when his fire took place, because you you knew about that one, too, right? No, I don't remember West Falls fire. Well, West Falls had the fire on Betty Lynn Junkyard. You remember that? I remember the junkyard, but I don't remember the fire. I remember Dick Westfall. did he have it? But I don't remember. Yeah, he had, a, uh, he had. He used to collect also build 442s. Yeah. And he had something like five or six 442s. James, if you're listening, James used to work for <laughs> right. him back in those days. Yeah, so James Richie knew was everything. his kid. Yeah. Rich, and Richie was a, was a couple years younger than us. And uh, so apparently, what as the story goes, he had a ton of tires laying around. Somehow the tire pile caught on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And when the tire mm. pile caught on fire, it expanded around the corner to that. And you know, this is the thing that kills me: is if you got money, build yourself a facility. But Bit Dick, even though he had money, he just kept them in that, and it literally was a lean-to building that was clad with tin. I remember that one. Yeah, I remember okay. it. Yeah. So he had all these very, very valuable cars in there, including yeah. the majority of them because he loved 442. You talked about when you walked in the yard, and I remember that. You walked in this building right off to the right. He had a 427 dual quad motor sitting right there that yeah. he jerked out of a Galaxy or some crap. Right, yeah. And, uh, and a he few went years like, I, He wanted like $600 for it. That was a lot of money back then. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was a lot yeah. of money back then. And, yeah. and I tried yeah. for years to get that thing away from him. And I don't know who, where, whatever happened to it. But right. then he had all those little rental garages in the front, you know, where, mm. where Dave was there with his body shop and a couple oh, yeah. other guys, the VW guy and right. everything yeah. like that. So it was just kind of like a just run down there. But when that tire pile went up in smoke, it took out. And apparently it took a day and a half to get that fire out of there. And wow. Dick Westfall is the same thing. He ran over there, tried to get the building. Try to get in the building. Fire department wouldn't let him go in there because it said, nope, it's dangerous. It's going to blow. We're not going in there. So, we're, And they just basically surrounded the property and poof, up in smoke. Everything was gone. Wow. And uh, there was nothing left. Well, so that's that was what it. happened to Hobbs. They had a big fire up there with tires started yeah. burning. Hobbs junkyard, I can remember. I don't know how it started, but they, the fire department, they were going to they were going to shut him down trying, but they couldn't. He was, he was too smart at, at Hobbs. You know, he owned about, I don't know, 100 houses, rentals? Maybe seventy-five to hundred houses. Oh, really? Small houses in Holiday, and he built houses. That's how he came to Florida. He started building. Uh, he was a mason, concrete, and he and he built houses up in uh, not up in Forest Hills and all up through there. Mm-hmm. And he built hundreds of houses. I mean, the guy. But um, uh, Hobbs was he was quite a quite a guy. Well, well, the weird thing is, is he used to come up with some weird stuff. And some guys in my British car club a long time ago, and I remember seeing this. This was in the 80s. I walked into his yard one time. 
because I used to go hit him and mirrors and everybody at Days or whoever was up there and a couple other yards and you know no man's land up there because mm-hmm. you know most car lots always had 20 30 cars laying in the back. McDivitt up in Newport or Port Richie, you remember him? No, I don't remember all the names. It's it supposed to be a car lot, but it was really a junkyard. It was really a junkyard. Yeah. But he literally had a World War II. And I'm not sure if it was a B-52, a four, uh, 29, or whatever it was. Literally on the ground was a gun turret. Mm. Be a, probably B-17. <laughs> it was a gun turret. Well, yeah. what happened was, is I didn't think anything of it. I thought, well, that's kind of odd. But the point was, is that, you know, for some strange reason, in some yards, just stuff shows up. Who knows where that came from, right? Yeah. Surplus, whatever. Because in Orlando, and then somewhere in the center of the state, and then on the east coast of the state, there was basically, like, the military surplus stuff. People would buy stuff. And then it's the way it worked back in those days. You would buy a lot. You know, you buy what they typically did is they mixed some good stuff with some junk just to get rid of the junk. Right. And you had to buy the whole lot yeah, to get whatever. Yeah, the junk to someone else. So that has to exactly. Deal with it. Yeah. Remember when were you around? Do you remember what was the guy's name uh, that did the trolley? Mark Doyne. Mark Doyne. Do you remember Mark Doyne? Mm, yeah, no. he built a. Um, Convertibles. The Clearwater Trolley, he Jolly Trolley, but he also did some convertible Back in like mid-70s, he did convertibles. Uh, yeah. yeah. He did them with a guy by the name of Don, who's back up in Orlando, right. uh, in, in, in Ocala. But they had a place over there off Calumet down there. Yeah, and then I he worked had the for place, for a while. Did you? Okay. Yeah. And then he had the other place down there on Dunedin off Douglas. Yeah, yeah with, a GTO, a with a GTO that came from... The Ferrari GTO that magically yeah. kind of... Yeah, yeah without the starter for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Joe Wiedemann. Joe Wiedemann was the guy's name up in Tarpon. That... Joe. Oh, Wiedemann's, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Bar. His wife ran a tow truck, and he ran. so when they, yeah. we'd go out, we'd go out and pick up Rex for the state name. police, you know, and we got out the state police, and, and it was all fixed. Days had the. My brother said, "We got to get out of the police rotate. We are, we were on Dunedin rotation. We uh-huh. had triple A, so we had the. Business. Where was your Where was your gas station at? It was right on Main Street. Fine, yeah, right, fine. The, right Skinner, next to Main Power, and Skinner. Where, where Power where the rest, there's used a restaurant to be. there now. Clear okay. Sky. Yeah, Clear Sky is there now, but that yeah. was Dunedin, and, and it was and <laughs> Mossy <laughs> Kelly Olds. That's yeah. it. Yeah. What's um What's his name? Powers Olds was right behind yeah, us. It was, then it became Hoagland Olds. That's it. Hoagland. But it yeah. was Powers. Uh, yeah. Powers. That's it. Uh, um, Burt Powers owned it, yeah. and and uh, he had a salesman named um, Russ Hare. Russ, <laughs> Russ Hare was his name. And Russ mm-hmm. would come over, and he'd, he'd look over the fence. He'd say, hey, Bill, because we, we got our dealer's license. And we started a little body shop on San Christopher, you know, up there. And, and we, my brother sold that to Pfeiffer. Now, Pfeiffer. Yeah, okay. Oh, Pfeiffer. Yeah. That That's the only, brother, my brother, only one on We started that as a yeah. detail shop, and we got Powers' body guy, to run it because the city wouldn't give us a license for a body shop. So my father thought up the idea, why don't you call it a detail shop? You got to clean cars. So we clean cars. We put a Binks paint booth in. And, you know, and it's like, we put a, 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 one of those pullers, you know, with the, the uh, what's it, the puller? Slide puller. Yeah, in oh, ground. Oh, ground. In oh, ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank puller. You know, yeah. my brother. With the oh, box train machine. Yeah. Oh, big the shot. Chains, yeah. Brunson was downtown, you know, Dick Brunson, and he had, he Bill. was downtown. Wasn't it Bill Brunson? Uh, Bill Brunson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he was downtown, and, yeah. and, and, and me and my brother um, had the, the, decided to get under the, um, heavy duty towing, and I didn't want to go out at night. I don't want to be towing all night. We got AAA, and I mm-hmm. just got married. I had a baby. I said I don't want to be out out in the street at two, three in the morning, you know, doing uh, changing tires, you know, and, and and running wrecks. And so he says, "Well, we got on this. We got so we got a wreck one night. We got and we'd go to the police and Day's Body Shop, and and, and they were up in Palm, Palm Harbor, Harbor, yeah, but they were on a side street, Georgia, right. yeah. up there, yeah, and Days and Shorty." Had the mobile station on at Dunedin Beach, Shorty's Mobile, and yeah. he had an old record. We had a, a record. We had to have the split booms to be on the rotation, and and we got a call. Split <laughs> booms. And it was a tow truck. I mean, it was a it was a, a, a there was two nice car. There was a, a two nice cars and junk. Three car, three car accident. And, uh-huh. the, and the two nice. My brother says, "Now make sure you get the." Get the good car. We can make some, you know, the insurance. Yeah. So I get there. I'm first one there. First one there. I'm sitting there looking at these two nice wrecks and the, and the junk. So the trooper pulls up, and it's Lamar Day, who's 
Day's brother. He's a trooper. Oh, okay. Oh, there we oh, go. Oh, <laughs> and the rest Lord. of the story. And then yeah. about 20 minutes later, Shorty pulls up. And I've been there 20 minutes now. And I want to tow one of these cars. Oh, no, we can't We can't move the cars yet. You know, the people were gone. Just sitting there in the middle of the night, 2 in the morning. And so then next thing you know, Brunson pulls up. or and then, Not Brunson, but Day's Day. pulls up. And Day, <laughs> Lamar, the, the cop, uh, says, that's yours. That's yours. <laughs> this yeah. is mine, the junker. I got the junker. <laughs> so I pull the car down to the body shop. My brother said, what, what's this? This car, we won't even get any um, um, you know, storage for this. So it sat there for for months. You know, We ended up scrapping the car, but we didn't get the It was hard. It was hard because you were fighting for the for the, for the the wrecks. You know, Eventually, it, it worked out. But um, it was all, you know, Dunedin was such a little sleepy town at the time. I mean, you're talking 1975. That's a long, long time ago. I used to repo cars. Um, I'll use one name, James August. You remember him? No. Okay. Well, his dog bit me one time. I was working on his Cadillac, so I couldn't work on his cars. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, can't make that up. And um, so um, these guys, him and the guy they called Bob, they called him Animal. Okay. And he's sort of like the drummer on um, early uh, Moody Blues. Yeah. Okay, if you can, if there's if someone out there knows the reference. Anyway, <laughs> so um, we go get stuff and go get the, you know, repo the cars. These guys had no concept of law. <laughs> and, uh, we go get the cars and Bobby goes, hey, we're getting your car real loud. So the people come out, yeah, I'm getting your car here. What are you going to do about it? I was like, hey, you know, people had guns back then too, you know. Oh, I know, I know, I yeah. know. We, we repoed a few for the yeah. bank in, ta- in town there, but we only did a couple times because well, what would happen, they'd come up to the impound yard in the middle of the night, you know, and they'd, they'd cut the lock. Yeah. <laughs> and the car would be gone and the gate would be open. And, they were, you know, one time somebody, I think it was one of the, somebody worked for us or it was it burned one of our records because he got mad. Whoa. And, and he set it on fire. It was a 66 Chevy like a 50 series, you know, you know the gas job with the yeah. heavy, but that was the truck we'd use to get on the rotation. You had to have a heavy and a, and a lighter duty. So this kid had worked for us and he got mad about something, but we think he did it, but we went in there the next day, the, the cops called and the, the car, truck was right over top of the gas tanks and it had burned. He burned the cab of that truck. So my brother says, I will fix it. And we did, we took, he got a new cab, uh, not a new cab, but he went to a junkyard and found a cab and we ended up re- rebuilding the truck. But um, the, the things uh, back then, se- things seemed simpler than they are today. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. but uh, you know, I don't know how hard it is today because you know, it's, it's different, you know, yeah. things are different. Well, well the, game, the game is the same, it's yeah. just that it's... The rules are different. The rules, one time yeah. I repoed a car for a guy, I think Animal or James, who either one, 67 Thunderbird, this is a while ago. The car is 10 years old and it's a repo, okay? Don't ask me why. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I walked up to the car with the screwdriver, popped the door open, because the lock's right there, this far away from the glass, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, you know, the, and then, Opened the hood and got the clip wires because the solenoids on the firewall, ignition, you know, and then jumped it with the screwdriver, started it off, got in the car and drove off. There's people watching us isn't in the neighborhood in the middle of the day. You know, we're just like we knew what we were doing, you know, like, oh, yeah, pointing around. And I like I got a note off the windshield and I'm looking at it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, he'd be videoed, you know. You'd be videoed, that's right. On yeah. that note, I think we're going to go to commercial break. We've got to throw yeah. a song up there and... Uh, we're going to do a little shifter real quick. But, Bill, thanks for hanging in with us. Oh, Again, only in America Minute, right? And only in America is the name of the weekly radio show. Yeah. Bi-weekly thank radio show. Thank now. you for having me in here. Nostalgic. Nostalgic radio. Nostalgic. Yeah. Nostalgic. Right. Nostalgic. All right, Bill. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. Okay. Okay. Anyway. So, see you, Bill. Make sure you put it in the dryer. Oh, yeah. Okay. But you got to put it in the dryer first. Okay. I'm going to move this over here.
Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Okay, you're hey, back. We're, oh, we're, we're back. Yeah, we're returning mind. to Nostalgic Window and Cars. And uh, was that a segue in there? Is there a race coming up in St. Petersburg this weekend or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Something like but, that? Okay. But most importantly, we're a nice little tribute there to Eddie oh, yeah. Van Halen. Yeah, you know, yeah. sadly, sadly, Eddie Van Halen passed away today. That's uh, not a good yeah, thing. Yeah. He's only a year older than Robert. Well, yeah, you're the, in 20 the si- days. Silence in the yeah, studio. Right. The about silence that is definitely like, yeah, yeah. yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. At any rate, um, I so, didn't plan that part of the tribute. <laughs> no, no, but let's get on to happier things. I mean, yeah. it's sad, you know, and uh, right. life is too short. But the music lives on. The music lives on, right. and his talent. I mean, he truly was. I mean, if you really thought, think about it, you know, there's, there's guys that were guitarists you know, and I'll reference guitar guys. Um, when you think of Richie, Richie Blackmore, Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, um, who's that other guy? Steve oh, Jimmy Winwood. Hed- Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood. Uh, he, uh, he's not really, he doesn't rank up there as a... Well, I don't know, him and Clapton were on the stage together. Clapton would defer to him. Well, when we talk of guys that were really, really, I mean, like... Guitar. The thing about Winwood was he was extremely talented as a writer. Yeah. As a he played piano. He played multi instruments. You know. But I'm talking about a guy. We're talking about guys that are strictly guitarists now. Um, Dave Mason's another one. Uh, uh, Mark Knopfler. Um, but Eddie Van Halen. Let's call him. You know. For he was kind of like the king of the shredders. You know. He started that in the in the late '70s and all the hair bands of the '80s. All started doing, you know, trying to emulate him and stuff. And he just, he came up with some pretty wild stuff. But, you know, he, even in an interview one time, I listened to it, he said, I wasn't really that innovative or was necessarily a pioneer. All I did is just kind of perfect some of the techniques that were out there and put my own flavor to it. It's kind of like mm-hmm. if you're a driver, you know, you talk about race car drivers like, and we had, you know, Dan Gurney on the show, obviously, and Bob Bondra. Probably right. two of the most smoothest, fluid drivers, especially Dan Gurney. You know, he pioneered a lot of techniques. But, and the, and one of them I ended up adopting when I used to club race out of fear, and that was braking and gassing at the same time going into a turn. And that was a technique that he used. Well, I discovered by accident. He probably discovered it by accident, too. Right. Because the faster you go, it's kind of like if you go too deep into a turn. I can't explain it, but if you hit the brakes and the gas at the same time, it just kind of stabilizes, steadies the car out. I don't know. It just does something really weird to it. You have to be on the track and experience to know what's going on. But having said that, we had Parnella Jones on the show and Mario Andretti. And both those guys, I think, at one point said that had I been a little easier on the equipment, I probably would have won more races. Well, speaking of easier on the equipment, when Phil Hill was racing for a Ferrari, oh, there you go. the mechanics loved him because he didn't abuse the car, but he still won. See, that's the thing about the guys back in the day, the Dan Gurneys, the Mario Andretti's, the, right. the, the Phil Hills, the Bob Bondurant's, the Roger Penske's of the world. All those guys wrenched. Okay, so just like you they said, have a mechanical point, sympathy. They have mechanical the, sympathy for the car. Uh, okay, there you go. Mechanical sympathy. That sounds good. Yeah. In other words, basically at that point in time, they know how a they respect their equipment. They want it to they to finish. Kn- they know how it works. And racing, if you have to understand racing, racing is a game of attrition. Right. So basically, if especially endurance racing. 
So if you go out there, I mean, a sprint, you go all out. But if you've got a three, four hour race or a 24 hour race or a 12 hour race or a long endurance endurance race, you want your equipment to last. Right. The, if you, the, the finish first, you must first finish. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And um, Bobby, there's a couple of texts on you. You might want to respond to those real quick. Um, and uh, no, they're Facebook people. Say hi to Ken. Hi, Ken. Hey, Ken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and some other friends. We've got some listeners tuning in. And uh, see how I fix our, that. Our regular, yeah, you fixed that real good. And uh, very good. And, and of course, Alan, you know, typing Alan back hasn't been here in a while, but Alan actually came to bring me something and I loaned him. Back in 1985. 1985, and naturally I don't have it in here with me, but it was a book. And the book was I knew titled, that was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, the book was titled The Rich and the Super Rich. Right, and Robert's subtitle was The Greedy and the Super the Greedy. The Greedy and the Super Rich. I'm the greedy. Rain Man. I remember when he said that to me in 1985. Yes, and right. I finally returned the book. I finished it because it was a thick book, okay? It's very thick. You so know? I had it for 35 years, but hey. Well, anyway, so Alan said, yeah. I'm going to stop by and uh, just uh, drop off the book. And then, of course. I, but he didn't know I had a book. I'd say, I'm going to return something you loaned me back in yeah. a long time ago. But anyway, so him and yeah. Bill were standing out in the lobby, and they were just kind of like talking about old days. And I heard the name West Falls, and a couple of things come up. And I thought, well, you know, since we're kind of going in that direction a little bit, and we, uh, our schedule got changed around a bit, we thought, you know what, let's have a, fact- a factory, listen to me, a old-time party. Let's yeah. just have some guys in here, local guys. And we haven't done a local show in a long time, have we, Alan? Say what now? Real to real? real to, what about the real to real? I guess um, when we mentioned it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I bought a reel to reel from one of the guys that worked here, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. And because um, reel to reel is a tape player, right? We're going into the music a little bit because it says nostalgic radio. Yeah, you know co- what? We even forgot our banner today. Boy, are we sleeping. Yeah. But, you know, but anyway, sorry. so hey, that can happen. that's analog, of course. And you get a reel to reel tape player. And um, you don't have any, if you buy a factory made reel to reel tape pre recorded at the factory, you don't have to put up with the. Um, uh, buzzing? Not the buzzing. No, the uh, we have like when you got vinyl because yeah. we're talking analog here. Okay, when you got vinyl, you, <laughs> you got to put up with um, the um, uh, discrepancies or the the limitations of the vinyl. But the real real the real tape, you don't. Especially you got fifteen fifteen inches per second and two track on the whole tape. You get great sound. There you go. But anyway, just, just out of curiosity, then. So back in the day, when let's say a lot of these recording artists actually recorded stuff, did they actually go in and record? On vinyl in the studio, or were they first done on tape? Well, actually, because whenever you see the old old movies and stuff like that, the guy sitting there behind a board, you know, he's yeah. got his little board. Well, initially, got... though, they when they made the seventy eights, the acetate records and yeah. stuff, they would have everyone would have all their microphones, every band member and everything. They'd have they'd be all set. They play through, check the mix, and then they go go, and they'd actually cut the master while they're playing. They had no tapes. They just cut the master record while they're playing. And if there's someone screwed up, they have to cut another master. Then they make the masters off of that to make the presses. I see. Yeah. Now, were they was were, were the masters done in vinyl or were no, they... no, no? The masters like cutting the metal. Oh, it was like cutting the metal. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if we have enough time. We okay. probably don't. Mm-hmm. But one yeah. of these days, because I never really understood how records were made. I mean, I'm looking at that thing, and I know they dropped. We heard say drop the needle in the uh, groove. Hey, how many grooves are in a record? It varies whether it's a long play, a short one. No, or one groove is a continuous groove, Robert. Oh, duh. Ah, I saw Sorry, that coming. Yeah. It's one groove that spins D- around. Deer it's in a concentric yeah. groove. Right. On that note, you, know, you need to. I've known Robert since 76. <laughs> I can do something bad every now and then like that. I got stumped. I almost fell for that one. Yeah, yeah. I actually wah, had wah. that. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Okay. okay. Well, thanks for the pillow, Bill. What? Are we yeah. talking about. Is it almost that time, Tommy? One minute. Oh my gosh. All right. So here we are, which is the beginning of October. So we're talking a little bit about music and stuff like that. But next week, we hope to have a very special guest on the show for for you guys. And uh, in the meantime, uh, you are tuned into Nostalgic Reading Cards. Don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network. Don't forget to check out Nostalgic Radio. Dot com, no, nostalgicradioandcars.com, right. where you can listen to all our past shows, including this show, including this show right here. Right, right now. Right now, right now. Of course, this is real time. This is live. All right, there are car shows going on. Some. In fact, today when we were buzzing down the road, we actually saw a whole bunch of British cars heading north. And the only thing reason we can think they were heading north is because there's some pretty cool roads up in Fernando. Oh, up, way up north. Yeah, oh, way up there, right? So at any rate, uh, and then, oh, yeah. Stay safe, drive to. Stay, yeah. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully. No. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. That's it. Stay safe, drive carefully, and seriously, love your family. Goodbye. Hey.
WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WDCF, Dade City. FM 102.3. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen.